This morning, as mentioned, uh, Pastor Jake is is uh, in Belize ministering there, and also the youth are gone to a retreat this weekend, and Joe Penner was uh, going to speak this morning to you, but he just changed his location. He's not speaking to us, but he's speaking to the youth. So the youth are together and enjoying a retreat, and let's continue to pray for them as well. This morning, we want to take a look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. So if you have your Bibles here or your Bible apps, open up and Uh, Let's look at that passage. I'll begin by reading those four verses. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. It was very common in Jesus' day in the New Testament that religious leaders had disciples. We know that John the baptizer, John the Baptist, uh, had a number of disciples And one day, Jesus went and saw John, and John said to uh, his disciples, Look, there's Jesus. He is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. So it was John, the baptizer, who introduced his disciples to Jesus. And we see that one of his just disciples went, uh, his name's Andrew, and he went and uh, spent time with Jesus and learned from him. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, several men joined Jesus in proclaiming the message of repentance and that the kingdom of heaven was near. These men spent time with Jesus as their teacher, and were even baptizing some people. We read that they continued to get to know Jesus by traveling with them. And last Sunday, we talked about them going along with Jesus uh, through Samaria, and they had spent time with uh, Jesus there, and uh, they said that John says that they were disciples, but we aren't given their names at that time. So we know that there were people who were learning from Jesus. 
Now, many people call themselves followers of Jesus, or sometimes we use the term Christians. And probably most of you here would would say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian as well. But how many of us are real disciples? What's the difference? Or is there a difference between a Christian and a disciple? A disciple is a humble servant, a person using the gifts that God has given and giving God glory for the work that is happening in their lives and in the lives of others. The word itself, disciple, in the Greek, is mathetes. And it means a pupil, or someone who's willing to learn from others. A disciple continues to learn. We've never arrived at learning everything we can about the Bible, about God, about other people. You know, if a tree wasn't growing, didn't have leaves, didn't have fruit, we'd think it was dead, wouldn't we? But if a Christian doesn't grow, is he dead spiritually? For most people, the only time they do any kind of something spiritual is, is when they show up in church. If the only time you open up your Bible is at church, then you're never going to be a growing disciple. There's a great opportunity for the men on Wednesday night to come and learn, be a disciple. It's one step in the process of becoming uh, a growing disciple. And being disciple is not just learning, but an active involvement. It's not just being a spectator, but it's being a player. You know, if I watched Hockey Night in Canada every week religiously, do you think I could become a great hockey player? No way. What about the guys that go to the ballpark and they're telling all the players out there what to do, but they never go on the field to prove that they can do anything. Do you think that they are great players? Probably not. But you know, some Christians are like that too. Oh, they've got all the answers. Oh, the pastor should do this, and the Sunday school teacher should teach this, and I don't, I I think we should be doing this as a church, but they're never actively involved and never doing anything for the kingdom of God. 
What do you think? Are they players or participants or just spectators? Sometimes they may not become leaders because of their pride. They may have a lot of insights, but because of the pride in their life, you know, people kind of, eh, I'm not sure. I really want him or her as a leader. Sometimes they have a condescending attitude. Sometimes they say, well, you know, they're, you know, so-and-so, and they're just so-and-so. Do you know what their life was like before? They're not forgiving. They're not full of grace. And people won't want them as leaders or teachers. We need humility. We need gentleness and a spirit willing to listen and learn. We are called by God to do what he has appointed for us. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and following. It says that God has raised up leaders. In verse 12, it says, those leaders are for perfecting of the saints unto the work of ministering, unto the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain unto the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, until a full, we become a full-grown person into a mature state of the fullness of Christ. So our goal is to become mature, to become like Christ. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 12 and 13 says, So then, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. When I was a teenager, I felt God's call on my life to become a disciple and who wanted to become obedient to that. So after high school, I went off to a Bible school. And then I went on to university to learn about computer programming. So I thought maybe knowing about computers would allow me to work on translating the Bible into another language. But it didn't work out that way. I began to do computer work in the early 1970s, and I could have had a great job with having fun programming computers and making them work. But... God called me to leave that and follow him. He called me to give up my livelihood and depend on faith, to serve the Japanese and to bring them the great news of Jesus. John chapter 12, 
verse 24 to 26 says, Truly I tell you that unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Do we want to be honored by God? Luke 14, verse 27 says, Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You follow me. You come after me in order that you become my disciple. We need to listen to the voice of God and follow and obey him. For Peter and Andrew, who Jesus called, it wasn't their first encounter with Jesus. As we mentioned at the beginning there, Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. Many of you have learned about Jesus, maybe from when you were very young. But have you followed him completely, without reservation? You know, I think Peter was a pretty good fishmonger. You know what a fishmonger is? A fishmonger is a guy who sells fish. And I think he was probably a pretty good sales guy. And he had some great fishing buddies. They would go out and fish. He loved fishing. But he left what he loved to follow who he loved. He wasn't a person with a great education. But he was, he was not a great orator at the beginning. He wasn't trained in the great schools of rabbinical thought of the day, but he was willing to leave everything and follow Jesus and learn from him. He was, lear he was willing to learn to do what Jesus asked him and learn through doing what Jesus asked him as well. Some of you guys are great at building things, and they're temporal. You know, they may last 5 or 10 or 20 or 30 years. But how would you like to do something that lasts for eternity? Not just this world, but in the world to come. The rich young ruler 
heard the call of Jesus and realized that Jesus was his rightful Lord and master, but he refused to follow him. The true believer who enters into a life with Jesus enters into a life of obedience. He's willing to give up everything for Jesus. Now, the last words of Jesus are recorded, some of them are recorded in Matthew, same book, right at the very end. And Jesus commands his disciples, those that he's been training, to make disciples. Are we listening to Jesus? Are we obeying his commands? Are we making disciples? If not, why not? Are we lazy? Are we too busy with our own stuff? Are we willing to go out, all out, for Jesus? We shouldn't be making excuses about how we're not skilled or we're too busy. You know, Moses tried that, but God used him in a mighty way. You know, the Bible is the source of understanding God and knowing him and our spiritual growth. And if we neglect the Bible during the week, we can't expect to grow in our relationship to God. We're not going to see great things happening in our spiritual life. And if the people who come to church are dead, the church is dead. But if the people who come to church are alive, the whole church is alive with the Holy Spirit. Discipleship is dynamic. It's powerful. It's growing. It's a growing relationship with the God of the Bible. Discipleship begins with looking for God, seeking God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. It's repenting of sin, things that block our relationship with God, things that are are disobeying what God has already told us he wants us to be doing. And then accepting his invitation to have a dynamic relationship with him. When we learn from the word of God and we obey it, God wants us to obey it and do it immediately. Just like when he called Matthew, sorry, when he called Peter and Andrew and James and John, they left what they were doing and immediately, it says in the word here, they followed him. They didn't procrastinate. He didn't say, well, I'll think about it maybe next week. I'll show up in church and maybe next week I'll make that decision. 
Where are you at? We need to get to know the Word of God. We need to obey it. We must live a life which uses all our energy and spiritual gifts to please God in our thoughts and our actions. Being a growing disciple means that we develop the fruits of the Spirit. Then we use the gifts that he gives to us, our spiritual gifts, our skills and abilities, and use it to build up his people. So we need to develop the fruits of the Spirit, use spiritual gifts, and build up others. If we take the first letter of those three verbs, we have dub, D-U-B. Remember that. The goal of each Christian is to become like Christ. We want to reflect the character of God. And if we love God, we will keep his commands. And the one command that Jesus left with us at the end was to make disciples. And when we obey, he rewards us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, As it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit, and the Spirit teaches all things, even the deep things of God. So we can learn, we can find out what God wants by spending time with him and studying his word. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. John 15, verses 7 and 8 says, If you remain in my in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So there's three core things that we need to do in developing our lives as disciples. These can be summarized by these three words, being, knowing, and doing. So what kind of people are we supposed to be? What should we know? What are we to do? Well, for each person, that's going to be different because God has gifted us all differently, but he wants to use those gifts together as the body of Christ and develop a community that serves and glorifies him. We need to grow as disciples. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that all the believers 
devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So we need to learn the teaching of the Bible, to understand it. And to understand it, we need to study it. And as we develop a community, as we study the word together, we begin to help each other to grow and to build each other up. I think the key to discipleship is that everyone is learning. This key is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 5. Paul is writing to the Philippians, and he writes here, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the Spirit and in, of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. So this morning, how many of you would classify yourself as a disciple, as a learner? Maybe someone here isn't a disciple yet, but would like to become one. That can happen through establishing a relationship with Jesus, through confession of your sin. My prayer is that we will all grow in our faith and love God with all our heart and that we will obey Christ immediately to make disciples of all nations. Where do you think we will send the next missionary from this church? Who will give their all to Jesus and be willing to go? Who will give up their good-paying jobs to serve others? Is it you? Is Jesus calling you to serve him? Pray about it. Think about it. And follow him. The song came to me, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've called us to be your servants. We know that you have wonderful things in store for those who love you. 
We look forward to the blessings that you bring to our lives because we are obeying you immediately. We're not procrastinating, but we're listening to your voice. We're obeying you. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who wants to become a real disciple of Jesus, I pray they will give their heart totally to you. They will obey and they will go where you want them to go. They will do what you want them to do. They will be who you want them to become. Thank you, Lord.